So, uh, last week, we, uh, we really we looked at a message um, about salvation and the day of acceptance being now. And it just seems like, I was, I was telling Pastor Jay this week, a lot of our, our teachings lately have really revolved around grace and forgiveness. And I just felt an, uh, just the, the Lord pushing us toward the, the book of Galatians because I, I feel like the book of Galatians is probably one of the best writings about grace, really in the New Testament. It's really just a, just a phenomenal book. And, Absolutely. and so uh, we're going to look at the first five verses of, of Galatians chapter 1 this week. And just kind of actually pick out uh, more of uh, verse 4, which is on deliverance. So the title of today's message is Deliverance is for Today. Deliverance is for Today. That, that God has a purpose in not only having delivered you out of sin and out of the penalty of, of, of death and hell, but that there's an ongoing aspect of deliverance. Yes. Absolutely. So a lot of times when we talk about... Good. I was just to say, this is really good. What this man put together this week. I'm excited about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's get into <laughs> it. No, but yeah, a lot of times I thought we should at least talk about first what deliverance is. You know, people hear the word deliverance and they think, ooh, deliverance, you know, and they're waiting for somebody's head to spin around three times. And, you know, there, there are, uh, you know, I've seen deliverances, as you have. Yeah. Uh, people actually have been delivered to demonic spirits and things like that. But, and that's one aspect of deliverance, and we'll probably touch on that a little bit today. But, but really, when you see the word deliver in the New Testament, uh, some translations will use the word deliver. Other translations use the word rescue. And I think if I had to really hone it down to just one word, if you see deliver, just think of rescue. So that's one definition. It means to release. It also means to pluck out or to draw out. And another, another uh, definition means to select, and really, uh, in, in, in essence, to select for oneself. And we're going to kind of bring that back when we talk about the Father's uh, will in, in a little bit. But three things, so if you want to write these down, three things we're going to cover today uh, regarding your deliverance. And it's going to be out of uh, Galatians chapter 1, specifically verse 4. Deliverance, number one, deliverance is from and into... Deliverance is from and into. A lot of times we think about what we're delivered from, and we miss the into. Number two, the second thing is deliverance is for right now. Deliverance is for right now. It's not something that just took place in the past, and it's not something that's just going to take place in the future when we're raptured, but there is an aspect of deliverance for today. And then number three, deliverance is God's will. So deliverance is from and into. Deliverance is for right now. And deliverance is the Father's will for your life. So we'll open up with that. Let's, uh, so you want to go ahead and read? You want to read the first five verses there? Sure. From Galatians chapter 1, right at the beginning. Uh, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God, of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So 
early, you know, a lot of Paul's epistles, as a matter of fact, I think every single one of Paul's epistles always starts out with salutation, and it's typically always grace and peace. And, and, and just, it's not our teaching today, but I, I do like to point it out that I, I really feel it's divinely ordered, because Paul always says grace first, peace second. And we, we even talked this morning about the peace of uh, God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and minds, and and that you can never know peace, true peace, apart from grace. Right. Because what happens until you receive God's grace by faith, not based on anything you do, there's always that question in your mind. Did I do enough? Did I forgive enough? Did I read enough? Did I, did I tithe enough? Did I, did I, did I, did I? I don't know. Right. And you will never experience the peace of God in your life as long as you're trying to gain his grace by effort. So yep. grace first. Peace, peace second. second. Way, just, it's just the way it works. And, and another thing, before we get it, really get into the teaching that, that Paul says here, he says in, uh, in verse 1, he said, Through Christ, who God the Father hath raised from the dead. And we just came out of Easter. That none of this, none of this, what we're going to talk about, is, yeah, it's not possible unless Jesus was raised from the right. dead. That everything we believe in, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, he says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, your faith is in vain. It's, right. it's completely useless. He says, your faith is in vain, it's useless, and you're still in your sin. So, uh, you know, everything we're going to talk about, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never received forgiveness of sin, it's all 100% possible because God brought him back from the dead. He accepted that payment, and, you know, you can have confidence that everything's paid for. Yep. makes me think of Galatians 2.21, too, which mm, not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, Christ died for no purpose. In other words, you can't earn it. You can't deserve it. You can't do enough to get it. It has to be through the death and resurrection yeah. of Jesus. If it was possible to earn God's forgiveness, then Jesus didn't need to die. Right. Would have been no point. We would have just kept the law. We could have done this. Don't do this. We would have been all good. But it doesn't work that way because nobody could keep it right. except him. All right, so let's go in. Uh, in. In looking at the word deliverance, if you look up deliverance uh, in the Greek, this, there's a couple different words for deliver. This particular, this particular word, deliver, is, is also used in a couple other passages. So really this first point that deliverance is from and into, uh, we're going to see that when we read Acts chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, and also Acts chapter 7, verse 34. So Acts 7 is really... Uh, when Peter, not Peter, uh, when Stephen is preaching, and these are some of the points that he makes in his message. But so let's just talk about that just for a minute, Jay, before we really read the scripture, because so often people, when they give testimonies, it's always about, "Hey, did I tell you that God delivered me from fill in the blank?" Right. Could be heroin, alcohol, alcoholism, uh, selfishness, selfishness. Anger. Anger. You, I mean, you could fill in the blank, and I think if you're honest, everybody has probably been delivered from something. And, and so often, our, our testimonies are about what God has delivered me from, and that's important. There, there's an aspect of your deliverance that's very important, that God delivered me from addiction. God delivered me from a lifestyle of sin. God delivered me from 
from living all about me and not about other people. Whatever, whatever it is, God delivered me from, me personally, me personally, God delivered me from a lifestyle of rage. Uh, and a lot of people that know me today say, oh, you're, 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 you're not, a, I was a very rageful person. Matter of fact, my wife would probably, she would attest to that. She would give a yes and amen on that one. Uh, <laughs> she, yeah. I asked Kristen earlier today, I said, hey, you want to help me open up the service? She goes, I got nothing to say. And I said, well, that never stopped you before. And uh, she's like, oh, yeah, whatever. So Speaking of rage. Yeah, right. I'm trying to draw it out of her. Hey, Kristen, we're going to deliver you today, baby. No, so I, we, we've, we all talk Rabbit about, up. you know, in, in our, our testimonies, and, we, you know, we, we have a deliverance ministry here. We help people come out of addiction and be delivered from that. But... You know, when I think what happens is we get caught up looking at what we've been delivered from, which is important and it's significant. But I think God's eye is on what we're being delivered into. And there's this aspect that it's from, it's out of, and it's into. So that if you were, if, if, I'm not going to make Jay do it, but if you were in that door and stuck in that office, I would open the door and deliver you out. But that's, that's just coming out. Right. The thing that I've got you going into is way better. And we, we want to see things from, from God's standpoint, is that God has this big plan, God has this purpose on delivering you for something greater than you. Right. It's kind of like, kind of like I think it's Romans chapter 4, the very, it's the last verse in the chapter, whatever verse it is. But it says that Jesus was delivered up for our offenses, and he was raised up for our justification. So he was, he was crucified so that we could be forgiven. He was raised up so we could be justified or, or be right with God. So think about it like this. Forgiveness, it, it, all of us, when you're, in, when you're in sin and when you're unsaved, sin makes us spiritually bankrupt. We're, we're in the negative. Or from a business standpoint, you're in the red. Right? Nobody wants to be in the red. Everybody say red is bad. Red's bad. It's a bad color. Black is good. All right? So, so in the red, forgiveness brings me out of the red. It brings me to zero. Righteousness brings me into the black. So the forgiveness is one aspect, gets me back to even, but when he imparts his righteousness to me, now it puts me something greater. So where forgiveness is good, I've been delivered of sin, what's greater is I've been imparted his righteousness. Better. Right. And I think... And a lot of it is, too, that we, we get focused on so much on um, what we, we got delivered out of, like he's saying. But I think if we stay focused on that, just simply what I came out of, then it, it's kind of, I think it gives the devil just a, just a little bit of an inch to stay there to keep you tempted. Because if you just keep focusing on that, it's almost like you're still there. You're still looking over your shoulder. You're, you know, you're like Lot's wife. And it's like, I'm still thinking about what I came out of. Even though I'm claiming victory, my mind is still focused back there. And what God is, wants you to do is now just like, I delivered you out of that. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Yet, but now I want to take you where I want to take you. I want to make you an evangelist. I want to take you places. I want to send you around the world. I want to send you into these neighborhoods. I want you to speak life into people. And yes, part of your testimony to, to, is, is what you came out of. But what you're going into is sharing that with a lot of people. And you're, and you're talking about life into other people. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing to get delivered out of 
you know, drug addiction. But if you just come out of drug addiction, just plop yourself up on your couch and just every day like, hey, I'm not doing drugs anymore. Ah, it's like you're really not going into what God has for you. He pulled you out of that drug addiction for a purpose. And I think too often people just kind of get settled just because they think, well, I'm free now, so I'm good. But God said, I pulled you out of that to take you to something greater. I didn't just pull you out of that just to get you free so you could just relax. I wanted you to take that now and go. Like, go do something with that. Like, to do something great. Yeah, we're, and we're going we're gonna to read. You're, you're, I think we're, when we look at this verse about how God delivered, same word, how God delivered Joseph uh, out of all of his troubles, everything he went through, delivered him from every single one. But it wasn't just delivered him out, it was delivered him into something else. So if you have your Bibles, look at Acts chapter 7, and I think it's verse, uh, verse 9, if I remember right. Acts 9, Acts 7, 9. Yeah, Acts 7, uh, verse 9 says, And the patriarchs, so the patriarchs is just talking about the, uh, the, the uh, Joseph's brothers, who were the, the, the heads of the uh, children of Israel. And the patriarchs, becoming envious, sold Joseph into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all of his troubles and gave him. Now listen to this. So we could stop right there, and that would be a great story because, you know, we'll just kind of reflect on some of the things that God delivered Joseph from. But he delivered him out of all of his troubles and gave him favor, and he gave him wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all of his house. Hmm. So think about just some of the things. You and I kind of talked yesterday, some of the things that Joseph, you know, he had so many opportunities to, to look back and, and could have really got sideways in that whole thing. Yeah, I mean, he, his brothers all turned against him. They were actually plotting to kill him at first, but then one of the brothers kind of came to his senses and said, oh, let's not kill him, let's, you know, let's sell him into, um, to the Egyptians. And then, he, you know, God's with him and pulls him out of that, rescues him out of that. Then he goes in to be with Pharaoh, and then Pharaoh's wife tries to uh, seduce him, and he says no, and then she says, well, he tried to rape me and gets him thrown in prison. And... Every time he came out of that, God just kept putting him in a position of favor. And he never once looked at that as like, I'm going to get revenge on them. I'm going to show my brother. I'm going to show my brothers. I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to teach Pharaoh's wife a lesson. Like he never used his deliverance, what he came out of, as a way to, to kind of get back at the people that did wrong to him. And I think we need to remember that too. It's like sometimes you get delivered out of something and you have this thought like, man, all these people did this to me. Like, they're the reason I ended up in that place, and I want to put it in their face now, and I want to rub it right in their noses. And it's like, you don't need to focus there. Like, that stuff's all gone. That's all that stuff. You just look at it and say, I forgive you, and you move on. Like now, I'm focused over here. I'm not even worried about what you did to me, because God has a greater purpose for me anyway. And I think that's in itself is crazy powerful because people know what they do to other people. People know when they wrong other people, and when you're able to look at somebody and say. I'm not even worried about what you did to me. I'm moving on. Man, God's got something greater for me. They're kind of like, wait, you're not, you're, you're not going to try to get me back? Like, you're not looking revenge? No, I'm, I got something great in my life. I think that speaks volumes to people because they're expecting this anger, hatred. Like, you're never going to want to speak anything nice to them again because of what they did to you. And when you're able to be like, I'm not, that's nothing. I forgive you. I'm, it's, not, it's nothing. It's not even a thing anymore because I'm, I'm moving on. I got this great purpose. Like, it blows people away thinking, how in the world can you do that? Like, how can you do that? Because I can't do that. So 
I think that's part of your testimony is the fact that you can really get delivered out of whatever it is and truly look back at everything in your past and say, I just forgive it all. I'm not going to hold grudges. I'm not going to look back and think how I can get revenge on somebody. You know, I'm not going to make a Facebook post and make sure I tell them in their name, like, ah, you thought you had me, but you didn't. Like, it's like you really do have that grace to let it all go and be, and be forgiving. Yeah, that's so good. Really is, and, and as you think about, if you think about this, this is Pastor Jay said. So Joseph, his brothers sell him out, throw him in a pit. They sell him to the Midianite traders as a slave. The Midianite traders then sell him to Potiphar. In Potiphar's house, his wife tries to seduce him. She lies about him, says he tried to do this and that. Yes, gets thrown in Potiphar. Sorry. Oh, that's good. Gets thrown in prison. While he was in prison, he has an offer. Everybody forgets about him in prison, but it says that God favored him again, and he, he got to where he was the head of the prison, in prison. And then while he was there, he interprets a dream. The two guys he interprets a dream for, the, the, the baker and the, uh, the cupbearer, right? He says, one, I think it was the cupbearer, he said, you're going to die in three days. And he says to the baker, he says, God's going to restore you to your position. It happens. The baker, who he interprets his dream and gives him a word, forgets about him for two years. Sits in prison another two years. All this time could have been festering, could have been getting bitter. And then, then uh, Pharaoh has a dream. Pharaoh has this dream about seven fat cows, seven skinny cows, seven uh, kernels of, of wheat that are really healthy and seven and aren't. And, and, and Joseph, the baker's like, oh, I remember a guy. I remember that guy that interpreted my dream two years ago, and he can probably do it again. So he, here all of a sudden God works this whole thing, and it says he puts him in a position of favor and wisdom in front of Pharaoh. Because of all these things that have happened have led up to this point of, of giving him this opportunity to interpret this dream. And he interprets the dream and he says, Pharaoh, here's what's going to happen. He says, you're going to have seven years of, of plenty. It's going to be the most prosperous time ever in the history of Egypt. And then right after that, there's going to be seven years of famine. And what you need to do is you need to take 20%, one-fifth every year, put it away, store it up for seven years, so that in the seven years of good time, we have for enough to, to feed people. We have enough grain in the seven years of famine. And uh, Pharaoh says, well, who would be wise enough to do this? And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, well, nobody's as wise as you, Joseph. Why don't you do it? So all of a sudden, this guy goes from prison to being the number two guy in all of Egypt behind Pharaoh. And here's what's so cool about this. It says that he gave him great or gave him favor gave him wisdom with Pharaoh, who puts him in the place of being, giving him leadership and influence. And now, think about this. What happens? He puts all this into place. Every single person that did him wrong, his brothers, who sold him into slavery, Potiphar's wife, who lied about him, Potiphar threw him in prison, the baker that forgot about him, Joseph brings deliverance back to every single one of those people. So the very people that put him in the position he was in, when God delivered him out, his out of was great, but his into was even greater because he brought deliverance to every single person in the world at that time. Right? I mean, the into is so much better. better. Yep. And and it just just hit me reading this too that, like, I think oftentimes when we get delivered out of something, we think, okay, God did that much for me, that's all I deserve. I, I mean, I can't even believe he pulled me out of my addiction. But he still wants to, now he wants to give you that favor and that and put you in places of, of success. And I think our mindset sometimes is, well, I don't deserve that. God surely can't put me in a position of success. I've failed him so much, 
I'm just thankful he got me out of it. He just delivered me. That's all, that's all I need. And it's like, you're basically saying to God, okay, I, I think you're, you're good enough to get me out of my addictions, but that's all I deserve, and that's all you can do for me. And I think we limit ourselves because we hold on again to that past, and God's saying, now that past is wiped clean, you're a new creation, now I have favor, grace, places I want to put you in, I want to deposit wisdom into you and take you places. And I think our mindset, like I said, we limit ourselves because we think, I don't deserve it. Surely God can't use me. I'm just a, I'm just a, a drug addict. I'm just an alcoholic. I'm just a madman. No, God delivers <laughs> you to cleanse you, to wash you away to snow, and now he's going to say, now you got purpose. Go and don't look back. Yeah. He's going to use you to deliver the very people that put you yep. in the spot that you got stuck in before. Yep. I mean, it's powerful. It is very powerful. All right, we're going uh, I'm not, I'm not, to, let's, let's skip Acts 734. Uh, we can read it. It said, surely I've seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I've heard their groaning have come to deliver them, and now come and I will send you. So this is, uh, this is again, Stephen referring back to Moses when God calls him. And if you look back at Exodus chapter 3, verse 8, uh, it's God speaking to Moses. He said, so I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, and bring them up to that land, a good and large land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So every time God delivers you, he delivers them out of Egypt, not to bring them into the wilderness, not for the purpose of just getting out to have just enough. His purpose of bringing them out of Egypt, out of the place of less than enough, is to bring them into the promised land, which is the place of more than enough. See, God, when God gives you more than you need, it's not for you. You're more than enough is for somebody else. And that's why when he delivers you into something, he has imparted something to you more than what you needed to get out of, out of the red. You're now into the black so that you have a surplus to, to, to put into somebody else's life. All right, number two, deliverance is for right now. So we just saw deliverance is from, and deliverance is into. The into is better, but now deliverance is for right now. So if we go back to Galatians chapter 1, verse 4 says, again, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. See, a lot of times we, we think of deliverance, we think of deliverance as it pertains to the day I got saved, I got delivered out of something, or the day I got delivered of an addiction, or the day I got delivered of, of bondage, whatever it is, that was my deliverance. And now there's coming a day way down the road, when we all get to heaven, that I'll be finally delivered out of this world. But, but God has a plan. Just like we were saved, we're being saved, and one day we'll totally be saved. Uh, there's this aspect of deliverance that God delivered you, God still is delivering you, and God will eventually completely, totally deliver you one day. But what Paul, the point he's making here is, that God wants to deliver you right now. Mm -hmm. Like right now, this present evil age. So age, some translations say world. This present evil world. Age just means a period of time. So we're in a season now, uh, and I mean the season since Christ died, or actually longer than that, uh, since Adam gave the keys over to Satan. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, that the God of this age, or the God of this world, so that's God with a little g, speaking of Satan, says, whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of those 
who would believe lest the light of the glorious gospel would shine unto them. So that, that there's, a, there's an evil one, Satan, who is the God, little g of this world, blinding people's minds. And so that there is a need right now, present tense, this present time, to be delivered from that. Yep. And it's in, in you know, Ephesians 6, where we talk about the armor of God, and it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, present darkness, the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. So, uh, you know, we know there's, there's an evil force always out there against us, and God is saying all the time, you have victory over them. Doesn't mean they just go away, but all the time I'm available to give you deliverance out of whatever it is. Because, you know, we we all get tricked up. I think sometimes just in a in a moment or a thought or a word just pops out, and you're thinking like, oh, I can't believe I just said that. But like, <laughs> you know, God's God's always in the deliverance business. You know, it's it's not like it's not a start over thing. You know, it's like oh, I got to go get saved again. It's like no, 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 no. You don't have to go get saved again. It, there's there's uh, there's things in place that says, you know, I'm a, I'm a child of God. I slip up, well, I repent, I turn around, ask for forgiveness, and move on. I don't have to jog back to the starting line and start my race over. Yeah, and no, start I'm, start, my... I'm just stopping today, starting over today. Right. I don't need to go back to square one at all. So it's, it's pretty interesting. I was thinking, I looked up this, you know, we, we see the word evil. Evil means wicked. So, uh, and even Jesus, when he prayed, he says, deliver us from the evil one. So sometimes that word evil refers to Satan himself. But if you look at the, um, what's the right word, uh, etymology, where like the origin of the mm-hmm. word? Yeah, so if you look at the origin of this word in the Greek, it's paneros, evil, in the Greek, which means wicked or bad. The root word of that is uh, panos, which means pain. The root word of that is penes, which is... Um, uh, poverty. So here we have a word, evil. The root word of that is pain. The root word of that is poverty. All effects of the curse. That, that all of those things, whether it be evil, wickedness, anything's bad, pain having to do with sickness, health, uh, or lack of health, and disease, and then uh, poverty, lack, finance, anything like that, all those things are part of the curse. All those things God is able, willing, and actually wants to deliver you from. I just thought that was really good. Let's look at, uh, uh, I want you to look back at a, at a verse from last week, but I want to read it in the Amplified. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, yeah, verse 2. So this was uh, the verse we looked at last week, but I want to read this in the Amplified. Second Corinthians 6, verse 2. So remember, God wants to present tense deliver you. And last week we talked about today is the day. Now, now is the time, right? Or the right. time is now. Yeah. Time is up. Time is, time is, time is now. now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, sometimes people you know, don't feel bad if you can't believe, you can't remember what somebody preached last week. Because sometimes I don't remember what I preached <laughs> last week. So <laughs> it's yeah, okay. It's, it's kind of like, what did you have for breakfast? I don't know. It was good. But I don't remember what it was. <clears throat> he says. In the time of favor, which is now, I have assured you welcome. I have listened to you and, in, and heeded your call. And I have helped you on, listen to this, the day of deliverance, and then parentheses, the day of salvation. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So in the Amplified Version, it actually points out, if you look up the, the definition of salvation, 
Now, salvation means healing. Salvation means forgiveness. But also, the number one definition of salvation is deliverance. So that the day of salvation today is also the day of deliverance. So that there's an aspect that God wants to deliver you from whatever you're struggling with. He, he wants to do it. Yep. And I think that's a hard time or a hard thing for people too. It's sometimes we think that again we I think I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse, but it's like we get caught in a mindset of what we think we deserve and how much we've turned our back on God and hurt God and and lived so wrongly. And so we have a hard time transitioning to say, God actually wants me to do something great. Like I think it's hard to transition into that because we're all about what we, punishment, what we deserve, and things like that, um, kind of a worldly mindset. And it's hard to adapt, I think, to really truly have a gospel mindset of, I let go of the past, it's erased, and then now I can move forward. Because we have such a tendency to hold on to something. And, you know, when, when we think, and, and I think it puts us into a situation, a little bit of kind of some guilt, because when we really think of what God truly says, I forgive you, like your past is gone, I forgive you, let's move forward. I think we feel guilty because a lot of times we are holding on to something in our past against somebody, you know, against maybe a parent or against a family member, um, you know, somebody that we're just, we won't let go, we won't forgive. And it's like, wait a minute, God, the creator of the universe is, is going to forgive me, and here I am holding on to something. It's almost like it makes us kind of comfort if we can say, well, I know God doesn't forgive me totally for everything, so it makes me feel better about holding on to what that person did to me. Um, and we know if we truly have to surrender to God and say, okay, I receive what your grace says and I forgive everything, that means I have to kind of turn around and do the same thing. And I think it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's, it's an adjustment for a lot of people. It's a hard mindset to wrap your head around because worldly people, we think well, we don't deserve it. And surely that can't be true. God surely can't wipe the slate completely clean just like that. But he does. I mean. so, so that's one side. That's one side of the equation. And, and some, some people get in that mindset where, like, I don't deserve it. But, but I think there's other believers that maybe have been saved a long time or maybe live a victorious life or, or maybe have been seasoned in the things of God or they know the word. And, and where one struggles with being unworthy of it, I think some believers get in the other ditch where they, ah, I, that's basic. I don't need that. Right. that, that that's, that's, for, that's, for, that's for those uh, young believers those ones that struggle. Well, the apostle of all apostles welcomed God's deliverance. Yep. So here's a guy that time. you would think if anybody doesn't need deliverance, it would be the apostle Paul. He embraced it. Listen to this, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And now this, this took place, a lot of people think this is when they were uh, being called into this arena and uh, berated. I'm not going to go there, but 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8, it says, we do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, of our trouble which came on us in Asia, that we were burdened beyond measure, above strength, so that we even despaired of our life. So here's Paul. He's in a situation that is it's beyond, uh, it's beyond what he can physically carry emotionally, mentally. It's beyond what he, can, he even has the strength to deal with. And, and I think a lot of us get in situations like that. You think, well, here's Apostle Paul. I mean, he's... This guy's had three years of direct uh, conversation with Jesus. I mean, he, he wrote, uh, you know, a third of the New Testament or two-thirds or whatever it is, and uh, he wouldn't need this. But here, even the Apostle Paul 
struggled with things that were beyond his ability to deal with. And he said to the point where he despaired of his own life. I mean, he thought, this is it, I'm done. And he said, yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but God who... Here again, keeps coming back to resurrection. All this is possible because of the resurrection of Jesus. He goes, it gets to a point, sometimes God uses that thing in my life, although God doesn't send it. God doesn't send anything bad, but he takes that bad thing and, and it brings us to a point where I can't do this. I need God. I need to turn to God. And he says... In, uh, trust in God who raises the dead. Here, here's the great part. If you don't have this, if you have your Bible and you don't have this circled, circle it. It says, who delivered us, which is past tense, from so great a death, who does deliver us, present tense, in whom we trust that he will still deliver us, future. So here's the great thing. The Apostle Paul says, God, time and time again, has delivered me. I've experienced it. He's still delivering me today. And I know that when something happens next week, next year, 10 years from now, that he still will deliver. Past, present, and future, that's the confidence you can have in God as your deliverer. Amen. So good. Um, and, I, and I think... Just thinking about that with Paul, I think sometimes another kind of little trick of the enemy is like you come out of deliverance and you, you know you think like, okay, I don't have to battle that anymore. Now I'm going to live this life for God and I'm free. doesn't mean there's no more trouble coming your way. I mean, the enemy's still going to come with different tricks. He might see like you're totally past the, the drug addiction. I'm, drugs aren't even a phase. Well, I got to put that back away, and I got to figure out some other new kind of weapon to use against this person. Um, I mean, he's he doesn't just give up. He's going to go away for a season, reevaluate you. Send now he's going to like, okay, now what can I use? Pride? Can I use? Send, can I try to get him into a prideful mindset? Uh, you know, so the battles keep coming, um, and I think sometimes you know, even like the Egyptian or the 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 Israelites coming out of you know, they're seeing all these miracles of God, and and then all of a sudden. They're, they're thirsty, and you're like, would you just bring us out here to kill us, Moses? And it's like, what? Like, you've just watched all these great things God did, and now you're going to look back and think you had it better in slavery? And I think sometimes we can, I, I see that a lot with, I think, people that you see fall back into, you know, addictions. It's like you see them kind of come out of it, and all of a sudden they're back in it, and you're thinking, it's like the first obstacle that came against them. They're like, I, I was just happier back there just living in my, you know, my addiction. So I'm just going to go right back to that. Um, I think one of the things we should be better at, at kind of teaching people when you, when you really talk about, you know, making people do this walk is God's bringing you out of something. You're going to experience this peace, but then, then what? Like, what's the next step for people? And I think people need to be aware that the enemy's always got some tricks. He's always going to come with something and expect it. Don't, don't be like, all of a sudden be like, whoa, what's this? Like, why am I, why am I feeling this? It's like, expect it. But still, God's still with you. God's still going to deliver you out of that. Please, whatever you do, don't look all the way back and think, oh, man, I was happier back then because, no, you weren't. I mean, um, that's truly a person that's going to start this whole race over again, back into addiction. God deliver them out of addiction, still trying to get them into their purpose, you know, so to say. Yeah, I think something you said earlier, Jay, really resonated with me when you said, you know, 
I was delivered this, I was delivered this, I was delivered this, I was delivered this. Next thing you know, I'm right back in it. I mean, it's almost like, it, it's very similar to when somebody says, I'm not going to look at porn, I'm not going to look at porn, I'm not going to look at porn, I'm not going to look at porn. Next thing you know, you're looking at porn because you keep, it's like you keep saying it. Okay? Yep. You, you keep reinforcing the very thing you don't want to do, and I think we get too caught up in where we came out of instead of where God's taken us. Yeah. All right, so final thing we're going to wrap up today is that uh, we saw that deliverance is from and into. Deliverance is for right now. For, remember, Paul's writing to the churches at Galatia. He's writing to believers. And so deliverance is for right now. And, and the third thing is deliverance is God's will. That God, it says that in verse 4, that, uh, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God and Father. And I thought it was interesting. I never noticed it before until I read it again this week. That, that he doesn't just say it wasn't the, it's the will of God, but he says it's the will of God and the will of our Father. And so a lot of times when we think of the will of God, we think one thing, but I want you to think of the will of God in terms of a father-son, a father-daughter relationship. And I've got, I've got two daughters and a son, and my will for them is always good. My will for them is, is good. It's never bad. And that, that God's will for you is to want to do this. He actually, uh, if you look at the word deliver, and I thought this was really interesting. I saw this this week. The word deliver in this verse is in the middle voice, which you're like, well, what's the middle voice? Listen to this. The middle voice means that he takes pleasure in it because he's drawing you out or delivering you out for himself. That the purpose of him delivering out is just not so you can get delivered out and be stuck and be on your own, but he's delivering you out to himself. Mm -hmm. And the fact that he wants to do it, if it's God's will, why wouldn't God be happy when he sees his will come to pass? I mean, if God's will is X and X happens, God's got to be happy about it, right? Yep. When God's will is X and Y happens, God's not happy about it. And I was talking to somebody in my office this week, and they said, well, whatever God's will is will happen. I said, no, it won't. And they looked at me like I had three heads. Because God's will does not always come to pass. We don't live in this... Uh, world system where God's up here with these strings making everything happen. And, and, the, and the greatest verse, just quickly to prove that, 2 Peter 3.9 says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all will come to repentance. So that God's perfect will is that every single person accepts him, comes to a place of accepting Christ, and repents and becomes one of his. Mm -hmm. That's his will. But we know full well that not everybody accepts Christ, because right. we have a free will. You have to choose, you have to make a choice for God's will to come to pass. And so just because God's will is your deliverance, doesn't have to happen. You can say, forget it. I want to be stuck. I want to stay where I'm at. God's will is for you to get saved. You can say, I want none of that. I want to serve Allah. Go ahead. God still loves you. You're going to hell, but God loves you. Yep. So you have to choose Anything that's God's will, you need to choose. Amen. He gives you that choice. And just, just thinking about this, took me to Psalms 35, 27. Um, it said, let those who delight in my righteousness shout for joy and be glad and say evermore, great is the Lord who delights in the welfare of his servant. And it's like, it just hits you like he, he's getting delight when he sees us 
in a situation where we are well. So when we're walking in, you know, forgiveness, salvation, deliverance, all these things, like it brings delight to God to see us in that place. Um, and it's like sometimes we think, what what can really I do to, to make God happy? You know, what what can I possibly do? Well, He gets delight when He sees you in a good place. Just you know, like you said about your kids, when you see your kids like do the right thing in a situation, or you see them, like, open the door for somebody, or, <laughs> like, they, they use their manners. Us, us husbands probably should do better. Yeah, I mean, you know. But when you see them, like, do that without being prompted, you're like, it brings you, like, this great delight. And it's like, same thing with God. When he sees us in a situation where we're experiencing peace and we're not struggling in an addiction, it's like that brings him joy. He delights in that. So... Yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. I I, I didn't think of that first. I like that. That's good. We're good. I don't have anything to add. Nothing to add. <laughs> so I, here's what I kind of want to do today is is I, I would like to I, I think I'd like to pray into uh, what God has for us on the other side of Corona, right? Because remember, delivered out from and into. I want to pray into what is on the other side of it. And, and I just made, I made a list of some things here today, uh, this morning, as, as, as everybody thinks, well, you know, they have th- certain thoughts about coronavirus, but I think cor- this coronavirus has become a way of the enemy to, to sow little seeds of different things into people's life that you need delivered of. Obviously, one I wrote down is sickness. No-brainer, sickness. Uh, fear. I mean, I don't know how many people I've talked to that have become fearful, either fearful of being around people, fearful of catching it, fearful, fear of dying, whatever it might be. Lack, lost your job, you don't have income coming in, you don't know where the next paycheck is, lack. Anger, <laughs> like, just go on Facebook, you'll see a bunch <laughs> of angry people, right? I mean, I've never seen so many angry people. Get over it. God does not want you to be angry, right? That, right. That's not, that's not what he wants. He doesn't want you airing your anger out on that either. Depression. People are depressed. I can't leave my house. I'm, uh, I'm stuck. I mean, I'm, I'm battling it. I'm not a depressed person. But it wears on you. I need, I need deliverance. I need to get rid of this thing. Uh, division. Something you've been talking on. My gosh, I've never seen one thing recently divide people. Should we be open? Should we not be open for church? Should this business be open? Should this business not be open? Should employees have to work? Should they not have to work? You know? Yep. Division. Anxiety. Anxiousness. Worry. Resentment. Resentment toward the government. Resentment toward your, your boss, whatever it might be. Arrogance. Oh, I, I, I got this. You know, I'm too good. <laughs> No big deal. Confusion. Not knowing what the next step is. And then also, the other right down was selfishness. Uh, I, I see people tending to hoard things now. Uh, I'm going to hold on instead of being a generous person. So I, I, we just want to close today with prayer. We want to see you go on the other side of sickness is health. On the other side of fear is faith. On the other side of lack is abundance. On the other side of anger is patience. On the other side of depression is joy, division, unity. The other side of anxiety is peace. 
The other side of resentment is forgiveness. The other side of arrogance is humility. The other side of confusion is understanding. The other side of selfishness is generousness or generosity. And I believe God has all of those things for us to be delivered into. Because remember, what we're coming out of and what we're going into is for the purpose of bringing deliverance to somebody else. So that, that's, that's really what I want to close up today, is I want to look ahead. I want to look to where we're going, that God's got something great for us to bring to people. What he's got for us. Yeah, I'd like to get this on the thread in a comment, because I think what people would, would, would really, I think, see it is like, if you're, if you're dealing with one of these, then you need to see what actually God has for you. I think that's powerful to think. Right now, I'm feeling all this anxiety because this, 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 this. Well, the, the solution to that should be peace. Peace is what God wants as you're feeling this anxiety. So how do I find peace? And I think people can see that. Get in their Bible and say, how do I get peace with God? Because I have anxiety. Um, you know, I lost my job, therefore I have lack. But the opposite of that should be abundance, Lord. I know that you would have joy if right now I have abundance because all I see is lack. So I think we need to get this somehow into the, I'll give it off for David, I'll send it to you. We'll get that into the comments because that's, this is, I think that's very good. I didn't that's check my needed. spelling. I scribbled this out. So <laughs> probably okay. I trust you. Hey, let's, uh, <laughs> you want to close this in prayer today? I just want to pray, uh, I just want to pray into that deliverance. I want to pray into what we're going into. Okay. Good. Good. <laughs> Hi. I'm missing something, but I am too. I'm I don't know. There's a big joke going on. I don't know what it is. Women. Um, All right. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, uh, Lord, to still come in and, and talk about your word and talk about your purpose. And Lord, I, I just thank you that you know that social media can be used for for good. That we still have the opportunity to reach people. That people can still tune in and and hear the word and. And, um, Lord, we know this is a trying time. It's very uh, challenging to a lot of people. It's very unsettling. It's, it's causing a lot of strife. And, and Lord, I, I just know that, like your word says, that you're always there getting us through whatever it is, Lord. Um, there's no situation that's greater. There's no situation that catches you by surprise. Uh, there's nothing that makes you say, oh, I didn't expect that. I don't, I don't know how to know. You, you already know the answers. You already have the solution. And, Lord, we're the ones that have to seek it out, have to trust in you, rest in you. And so, Lord, I pray that, that people that are watching, um, dealing with anything on this, this list, Lord, if they're dealing with fear, anxiety, lack, um, Lord, that you will, you will show them the, the answer. You will guide them to the answer, whether it be in your word, whether it be in a prayer warrior that shows up in their life, whether it be just uh, you know, something they turn on TV, maybe they see a message on TV. Lord, I know that you're unlimited. Like, you, you do things, Lord, that are just mind-boggling. Um, and I, I just know, Lord, that right now that if people are seeking an answer to their fear, that you will bring a solution. If they're seeking an answer to their lack, that you will you will provide a solution. And, Lord, I ask that in this season that those of us that are able, that we, we strive to do more, that we strive to, to be more encouraging, to reach out to more people, to... Help those in need, help those that are that are fearful, help those that don't have what they need, that that us as the church, that we really do our part here, Lord, to seek out 
and do more, do whatever we can to uh, to help those that are that are struggling. Uh, Lord, I just Holy Spirit, ask you to move on us, uh, make our voice greater, make our our hearts greater uh, to forgive and to to give and to do more, um, to find to look for needs, not just sit back and, and wait for them, but to go actually actively look for needs to meet them. Lord, I just thank you for everything um, you've done in this church. Thank you for our leadership. Thank you for people that uh, just have hearts to serve and give. Um, Lord, you just you blow us away, Lord, by your goodness, your grace, your mercy. And just, we just find it exciting every day to find out uh, what you have next. So, Lord, we honor you. We thank you. We love you, and we just, just thank you from the bottom of our hearts for our life, breath, and our lungs. In Jesus' name. Hey, and I just want to let you know that if if you have never accepted Jesus, there, there's there's the biggest thing you could ever be delivered from is from your sin and from the penalty of death. And I just want to let you know that, it, that all you have to do is, is just say, Jesus, I receive you. I believe that God raised you from the dead. And if the Bible says that you'll be saved. So we just want to, uh, if, if that's you today, I just want to lead you in a quick prayer of, of salvation. But just, just uh, if that's you, just repeat after me. Father, I know that I have sinned, and I know that you have sent Jesus to pay for every single one of my sins. And I receive your forgiveness. I receive your complete deliverance from everything that I've ever been a part of. And I receive you as my Savior. I know I'm a new creation according to your word. And I'm your son and your daughter. In Jesus' name.